evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to episode 39. How are you doing, Mike? You know, fine. Fine? Yeah. You're amped for this evening? I'm not. I gotta put on my fake professional face today. I'm amped for this evening, but not for the state of our union. Not for the state of the union? Oh, was there a state of the union recently or something? Yeah, last night. Last night, I know. Did you watch it? Just the highlights. Yeah. You mean the lowlights? Sure. No, there was some highlights. I watched, uh, I don't know, 40 minutes of it. I could not power through. What did you say it was? Hour and a half? Uh, that was my guess. I oh, think Jesus. I, I think that's what I saw. Something like that. But it was long as fuck. I mean, everything, all of Trump's speeches are... <sighs> Record setters. On and on. Just drones on and on. It's just so weird. You know, I thought it was, uh, someone's, someone said it was his best speech by far. <laughs> I, I said so on Facebook. I was like, that's not, that's not, not saying same. anything. The bar is fairly low. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's his best speech. I don't know what that means. Cause it's, a, it's not, it's not, it was just from a speech standpoint. It's not, it wasn't a good speech. Like, I took speech class. Like, if I delivered that speech even in high school, it would have been like, Bro, this is, this is like maybe a C, like in high school, for public speaking class, maybe. B minus? But... He should be better than that. Maybe from, maybe they mean from a grammatical standpoint, like... Well, but that doesn't make a good speech. I mean, it, if you're reading something that's grammatical, well, it's going to be grammatical, right? It's it's written on a teleprompter, unless you, unless you, you know, mm-hmm. divert... From the script. Well, I, I'm just saying, you know, why it might have been better than some of his not-so-good speeches. I mean, he just listed a bunch of facts, and and from what I've read, like... Quote-unquote facts? Well, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> when I say facts and Trump, you, this is the context, of course. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're all over the map. Some things were true, some were slightly true. A lot were, well, in the context, you need a context to this. And then a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot were just completely wrong. And then some are just way off, like false, hundred percent false. So it was like, well, how do you rate a good speech? Well, tone, inflection, pace. Okay, that's one thing. Not he's not good at that. He's never good at that. And then it's like content. Well, you just rattled off a bunch of facts that are like way over the map, like fifty percent completely fabricated or false. What I didn't like is he had a bunch of token black people or people of color. Like, all the individuals that he mentioned, like, the first ten were were not white. I was like, you're trying too hard, man. You're trying too hard. It's like, okay, that's cool. But at, at, at some point, it's like, you kind of, you see behind the veil a little bit, and you're like, dude, you're trying way too hard to not be racist. <laughs> so you're like, I'm going to name all black people. It's like, okay, you're missing the, you're missing the point, dude. That's, that's, that was my interpretation of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the man. I think he's semi-aware that he's a racist. Probably. And, you know, so, no, obviously, that's part of his, that's his motivation for, you know, picking those people, obviously. Right. Kind of make up for it. <clears throat> you think deep down he knows he's racist? Like, deep, 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 deep down? I mean, who knows, but probably. Yeah. I mean, deep, 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 deep down. Some layers down. But anyway, that wasn't like the big deal of the night. I mean, the big deal of the night, Nancy took the show, right? Stole the show? 
Yeah. Uh, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think Trump acted all that well either. Uh, but yeah, she, she ripped up uh, Trump's uh, speech at the end. Right. Ripped it right in two. Right. Before the cameras were off, before he left the uh-huh. podium. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it personally. I don't think it was probably neither. I don't know. I mean I don't it's not gonna win you any points with the other side. If you if you care about that, and I'm not saying that you necessarily should. Well, maybe maybe yeah. you're to the point where there are no I mean, you're never going to. Like Trump said, I could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and, and I wouldn't lose any voters. Well, Okay. At least, like, I mean, like, she can do stuff like that, and she's not going to lose any voters because from... No. Or she's not going to gain any voters from Trump. Right. Some people it, took it as a Boston Tea Party type thing, like an act of defiance. Well, I, I definitely I get her motivation behind it. Yeah. You know, she said that uh, he shredded the truth in his State of the Union, so I'm going to shred his paper. Like, Ooh. Oh, um, a little play on words. A little double I, entendre. I mean, that... I, yeah, it makes me mad that Trump is up to, like, what, 14,000 lines? His numbers keep going up, though. That's what's crazy. I saw Well, they're that. accelerating as they're going up, too. What the fuck is... <laughs> dude, I, you're like in a... This is a weird, weird alternate reality, man. It's crazy. Like, he just lies and lies and lies, and his, his approval rating goes up. Because all the economic accomplishments... But I feel like with economics, you can always twist it to paint a certain picture. You can use numbers to paint whatever picture you want almost. Like he's talking about unemployment. Like we talked about sure. last episode. It's like, well, but if you if your employment doesn't even pay living wage to make you pay your bills, you get a second job maybe. Well, the unemployment numbers look great. And the president can tout that. Yeah. And motherfuckers be like, I'm working two jobs and I can't even pay anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then it's misleading. So and 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 the biggest one is the um what is it the the wage gap between the, the haves and the have-nots, the rich yeah. and the poor, the top percent and the low percent. It's the biggest like ever or in fifty years or no it's, ever it's increasing. Like it's just huge and huge and huge. It's um it's it's at least three hundred to like a CEO is making three hundred times the amount of uh. What a worker is? Like a salaried worker. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a subjective number, but... Sure. People that I listen to are saying that, like, ethically, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's there's no justification for anything above, like, a four-to-one gap. Like, Yeah, see, that this is this is the dilemma I get in, because a lot of people retort and say, well, what, what, what are you going to do? You're going to put a gun to their head, and, and, and you're going to make laws against people doing what they want to do? And if they want to make that money and people want to work for there, why is it, what, what about freedom? What about freedom to make that decision? But that always, for me, it always comes back to, well, it's, it's about freedom to some degree, but then it's about doing the right thing. Like, I, if you pointed out to me, if you worked for me, some other people worked for me, and I was in charge of a company... Let's say I had 20 employees and you all came to me and were like, dude, you're making 300 times as much as we're making and we're struggling. If I'm a good person, if I'm a, if I'm a decent person, I fix that Yeah. Uh, freely. No, no one has to, no one has to put a gun to my head. No one has to do nothing. So all these motherfuckers are being unethical. Like you, like you mentioned, like it's an ethics thing. We're, we're in such an unethical society and we like, 
we default to saying, well, that's capitalism, and, well, what are you going to do, socialism? Well, yes, I mean, that that's actually my short answer right there. Yeah, because we're all living in a society. The most staunch capitalist is benefiting from uh, living in a society in some way. Like, if nothing else, he didn't, he's benefiting from the roads that he drives on, and he's probably not paying taxes on them for the most part. So there's already some form of socialism, right? I think it's socialism when you have a society. I think when you start living in a society, like you're ethically obligated to uh, do the best for that what you're you're benefiting from. And I mean, <laughs> I don't hear most capitalists complaining about social security. No, probably not. No, I think I think what they'd say is you should do that, but you should not. There should not be a law to do it for you. But the thing is, like. Or to make you do it. And to some degree, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, yeah, I mean, no one should put a gun to their head to make you pay taxes. But at the same time, it's like all these people that are arguing against this by, like, saying, well, it's freedom. That's that's the price of freedom. That's what you get. We're all autonomous. We all should make our own choices. But you're just, okay, that just opens the door for people to be within the letter of the law in a capitalist society being free, not violating the rights of others, but still exploiting them. Like, you're still exploiting a system, even if you're not technically illegal. But are you being unethical? I would have to view myself as an unethical person. If my employees made 300 times, one 300 what I'm making, I'd have to do some profit sharing, big time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Jesus. Yeah. I'd have to give you the point where it's like, you make 50000 a year? And I made 300 times that you may, you now make 150,000 a year, every one of you. And I could stand to not make 25 billion this year or some bullshit, whatever the fuck people are making. I don't know. There's billionaires out there with like, I guess not even 1 billion, but like how much is the richest man worth? Like hundred billion, 300 billion. I mean, is someone going to be a trillionaire eventually one person. What the fuck you need a trillion dollars for? Oh, what? Why can't he make a trillion dollars? I'm not saying you can't. Why the fuck you need it? Answer my question. That's unethical, isn't it? Not uh, not unethical of itself, but if other people are hurting, it's unethical. I mean, there'd be a difference. If a trillion dollars was really nothing, was worth nothing, and everyone was a tr trillionaire, that's not an unethical thing. But if, you're, if you have a trillion dollars or $500 billion or whatever the fuck people have, and people are starving, right. and you're not... Like, well, because you, you should give away probably... Four hundred and ninety-nine billion, probably more. You don't need. I mean, why wouldn't you get? I, I wouldn't be friends with you. I, that bottom line, I'm not going to be friends with you if you're not going to give away almost ninety-nine percent of your money freely. Because that's that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. I could take care of everyone I know for a billion dollars. Like we, everyone have islands. I could do that and still have a lot of money. What the fuck you need like forty billion for? Well, yeah, it seems unethical to me. Because they actually have some say in the matter. They, I mean, well, they're, they're they the have, ones who do have the say. They, they, they have all the say in the matter, yeah, and you, go. you know, yeah, you can, you can steal. It's there's nothing in the law that says that says you can't steal in a specific way. <laughs> it's not like they're stealing from the poor, right? Because it, it was, you know, technically all their money, right, to begin with, right. But 
there's only so much wealth to go around. And, well, and, they, ri- and, and they help rig the system in their favor. If you already got the money, you're the one who has the power to rig the system. And you're going to rig it in your favor. And you're going to make more money. The only, the only way you get rich, and yeah, of course, there's anecdotes of people going from nothing, literally nothing, not Donald Trump nothing, a small loan of a million. I'm talking nothing to, to mm-hmm. fame and fortune and all that. But, but the fact of the matter is you predominantly get richer by being rich already. That's the way the system's rigged. And you're the, you're the family or you're the ones who have the power to rig the system. It's a double-edged sword. Yes, I mean, so simply put, for me, if you have the, if you have the, um, if you have the power to change the situation, and you don't, and you see that your brother is hurting, I mean, that's that's what it boils down to me. Like, that's the main reason why I'm not a Republican. It's because nobody has accused them of being overly compassionate. <laughs> no, and they're not. <clears throat> that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, most of them, I mean, yes, some of them are, of course. Let's just, let's not, don't be, don't be binary and think that all of them, yeah, I know some, I know some people who are conservative, who are compassionate, of course, but on the whole, that's what she said, (laughs) like, they're not a party of, It's not what they're known for, and I think that says some. Yeah. Like, if you're in a Republican party and you are compassionate, like, well, good on you, one, but you should know that you're getting lumped in with these people, and right. that's probably the main reason why, you know, a Democrat or a liberal isn't that happy with you. Or, I mean, yeah, and maybe to some degree unfairly, but you know what? If that's if that's the folks you're going to hang out with, man, you're going to get lumped into it. I realize I'm going to get lumped into the the worst of the liberals. I get that. I'm not even I'm not even what I consider a liberal in some ways. And I have to say that probably because some liberals are annoying. So I get that I'm going to get lumped into that, but that's just the way we think. So we're not we're not ever saying everyone, of course. There's always outliers. You know what I mean? So that was that was the economic stuff of the Trump rally, otherwise known as the uh, State of the Union, was a little yeah. I mean, Jesus, you could you could you could twist facts, manipulate numbers, and paint paint a picture of something. It might not be true for most people, you know. If I have three jobs and I'm a single mom, well, I don't go against the unemployment number, but I'm struggling, you know. I think I think a lot of us are struggling, you know. Even even just to not be month to month, I got two jobs. My wife's got a great job. I got two jobs, and I make money writing, and I make money podcasting, and it's a grind. It's a struggle. It's work all the time to where I. As I mentioned on the Patreon episode last week, I have a little uptick in my in my blood pressure recently. It's a recent phenomenon. So I, I don't go against the unemployment number, but it's it's and I'm not struggling compared to some people, but I have to work and work and work. And you know, you're not driving a Mercedes. <laughs> no, hell no. I'm driving a Jeep with a hundred an 06 Jeep Commander with a 184,000 miles. It leaks oil. It burns oil. The hatch on the back does not stay up. The backup beeper that lets me know if I'm going to hit something broke. Um, the gas mileage has tanked for some reason, probably because it's old. <laughs> um, it leaks. I had to, I, I got car tape, man. I'm ghetto as fuck. I got car tape. 
Car tape's pull, holding on my antenna. Car tape keeps my windshield from leaking water because the seal broke and I can't, I'm not going to put money in to fix it. Hell no, man. I'm working fucking all the time and I'm driving a ghetto ass car. <laughs> I drive it proudly though, man. My CD player doesn't work. That's annoying. So music's my thing, man. And I do not have music in the car. And this is probably affecting my, my, my mental health in life. I mean, ever so slightly and, you know, ever so slightly adds up too. Right. A lot of ever so slightly adds up. That's what I'm thinking. That's why I probably I got a little blood pressure. I'm like, I'm working too much, not taking enough downtime. Music is my thing anyway, but music on the whole, that's what she said, <laughs> for everyone affects them in, in a positive way. Like it's art. It's something we can, if I'm driving, I drive a lot for my job. If I'm driving and I got music on that I want to listen to 100%, like a playlist on Spotify or something, I bet I'm a more stress-free person. But that's just the way it is, man. Right now, I cannot afford to get a new car. But you could put me in that unemployment. I mean, put me against that unemployment number. You could count me for another one because I got two jobs. I got four, four ways of income right now. And it adds up to like, if I was not married, I'd be... I'd be above the poverty line, I'm not going to lie, but talking four, four streams of income like that, it's taking that to get me over the poverty line, man. Right. So Trump can say what he wants about the economy, man. It's just not real for most people. Oh, the, the, the stock market. Are most people investing in stocks? Most people can't even fucking save in their savings. How the fuck are they going to invest in stocks? Yeah, I would say, I mean, your high blood pressure is not a surprise at all given just the times that we live in i mean i i have high blood pressure too a little bit and Uh, solidarity and uh you know like i was talking with my physician you know that i i have to just limit my media time like i because i'm i am totally stressed about politics climate change like we've talked about numerous times before on this show and i don't know they they seem kind of like nebulous ideas sometimes mm-hmm. like i sometimes i don't know do i really believe but then just like <laughs> stuff starts happening that yeah i mean australia pretty much 100 percent burned down dude so fucking much and things like that just didn't happen in the past you know, so we have evidence right in front of our face. So, it's, I mean, it's becoming not so nebulous anymore. Yeah. I got to be honest, man. That's why I shut shit off. I got to, if I really, if, if you and me combined as a person, we came to, we, we came together and we made a love child and that person was both of you and me, they'd be fucked, man. They'd have such a high blood pressure. Cause I don't, I don't worry about the shit at all. It's the other shit. <laughs> It's like my own personal show. I'm too selfish. I don't think about the big picture sometimes. <clears throat> I can't, man, because I know I'd go on the mm-hmm. deep end. Like, I'd just start getting stressed out. I'd get fucking... I'd get messed up, man. Well, I mean, you have... You have more responsibilities than I do, and yeah, of, of course, you got other things that you have to worry about, whereas I, I don't have any kids. Like, yeah, that's <clears> true. <throat> kids is a big one. So, it's like the earth is my kid. And my fathering instinct yeah. kicks in that way. Yeah, maybe that's that, there's got to be some truth to that, man. <laughs> like I, I, I have the energy 
like I don't worry worry is never a good thing, but mm. there's I mean being concerned. An adequate amount of concern, not just Yeah. Because I ultimately I see the evidence that things don't look very good. Yeah, that's a tough balance though. An adequate amount of concern. See, you're right. Having a kid, that's you love the shit out of them, but you worry about them all the time. Mm-hmm. That's all you do. That's all you fucking do. That's what I hear. Burns a fucking hole in your stomach. You get high blood pressure. I'm surprised I don't have an ulcer. You know, and it's like yeah. You know, my daughter has a, a you know a medical condition. It's manageable, but it stresses me the fuck out. And it's not even like. Yeah, it could be serious, sure. But it's like it's like managed. There's a solution. It's all good. Everything's been good for like a year and some odd. But some of these parents who have to deal with like the craziest shit. Like, oh my god, like cancer? Burn victims? Mm-hmm. Like auto accidents? And anyone who has a kid, of course, you always worry about that. Especially when they drive. When they drive for the first time, they they leave the car in your they leave the house in your car for the first time. That's going to happen eventually, and I'm just going to fucking like, holy shit. That stresses you out. That's a different kind of stress than I was ever used to. I saw a study that pretty much, yeah, it said that parents of, you know, children that require, you know, some form of extra care, Mm -hmm. like if they're autistic or if they have some sort of medical thing. Yeah. It's been shown that, or they have numbers that show that those people tend to live like 10 years less than people then. I was just going to guess that. Yeah. I was just going to guess that. I was going to say, you're going to say life expectancy of less. That's totally true. It's a different kind of stress. Even the minorship. And, you know, anything. Anything. And it's all it's all on a spectrum, right? But, Yeah. It's when you once you get like a diagnosis, chronic diagnosis, not the flu, not the you know the sniffles, not getting sick, not staying up at night crying as a baby, all that shit, yeah. But then once you get a, a, a diagnosis of anything, even if it's like yeah we do this and this and this and we're good, it's still it's still I think probably definitely contributes to a shortened life. You're getting smoked out by this fire, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to blow on it real quick. Okay. Get on that. Oh. oh, you didn't have to blow. You made it so excited that you just walked up towards it. <laughs> but I blew anyways. You blew it. Well, of course. You're you're a good person. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Yeah. A little innuendo <laughs> that we're laying down thick. So, anyway, how do we get on How do we get on that? Um, what, stress? Stre- oh, stress and, yeah, the economy and all that shit. So, I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah. All I brought that up because yeah. No wonder you have such high blood pressure. Well, it's not such high. It's like it's ticked Elevated, up. And, and so. right, right now, actually, it's it's not. It's gone down. Yeah, it's not hypertension. Yeah. 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 Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. You think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna fuck around with that? Hell no. No. Not yeah, either. I'm having some wine and some weed today, but it's been five <laughs> days since I smoked weed, and I haven't been drinking, and I've been eating like chicken breast, quinoa, rice, oatmeal, blueberries, bananas. I'm taking fish oil. I'm taking magnesium. Taking mm. potassium, eating bananas, drinking lots of water, working out a lot. Cool. Yeah, well, that it's not like it's not like high high. I even when I, I went to the doctor and I told him what it's been, and he was he just gave me this look like, like, uh, he's not concerned. But I'm like, oh no, I'm like a fitness dude. Like I look good. 
I take care of myself. Yeah, you do. Wow, yo. And I'm like, I can't fuck with this. But then I think, why do I have blood pressure? I'm I'm in shape. Oh, well, this, but, there's, there's there's like ten reasons why. Ultimately, that gives me hope because in a world where you you don't have a whole lot of impact politically or climatically. <laughs> at least at least you have a little bit of control over like say high blood pressure. Like I got, I got a, a semblance of control. I can adjust the numbers. I really can. It's just it's about my mind then, right? You if your stress is like your stress is existentially. <laughs> and I try and I can't go there because then I start stressing out. Your high blood pressure is probably... I mean, there's genetics and all these things, and I, I don't know. What? No, there is. Of course. There's contributing but I'm factors. But I'm not helping things. But if, if, if we're talking stress, yeah, your stress is coming from a, uh, a macro level. Mine's coming from a micro. It's existential dread. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that wears on you after a while. Yeah, that's exhausting. I gotta say. That's exhausting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've had it, but maybe you have it more chronically. Because you're always on your goddamn news feed, man. I can't even look at that shit. Uh, I think I would say two and a half hours a day. Yeah, I mean oh. sometimes average. I mean, oh. there's been you know probably quite a few four hour days. Oh really? But yeah, and that like I believe that the independent media is essential to mm-hmm. democracy. Mm-hmm. But dude, they no, they don't report very many fun facts. The I mean, the fact is that, you know, a train wreck, it captures your attention more readily than, like, a beautiful daffodil. Um, I'm just saying that uh, the media needs to be maybe more conscious about promoting just positive stories. Yeah, that's tough. The, the majority of people gravitate toward the negative, and they're trying to make money. They're trying to get their bottom line. So reporting on a positive story is... No one gives a shit about that. That's the problem. Yeah. But I wish they would. I wish we, you know, I don't know. Well, it is, I mean, money is the root of all evil. And like, unfortunately, yeah, people in the media have to pay a mortgage too. And they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to gravitate towards what pays the money. Yeah. Um. So I, that's a tough, I don't know how to, how to fix that. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like part of it should be like you tax for it and you have, you know, national public radio. Like mm. you have it connected to, you know, the government somehow. Because, I mean, most people honestly will not, they'll, they'll read the news that they get for free. Mm-hmm. But if they have to pay for it, you know, then a lot of people will get turned off. Mm. That's my gut instinct, like, not to generalize. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you change things. I don't know. I struggle sometimes with all these answers. Well, Matt, how would you change it? I don't fucking know. <laughs> how the fuck am I supposed to know? I'm just stressed out about it. I don't have all the answers, Jesus. So I have. I have grace for even politicians and lawmakers, as annoying as they are. But like, I know they're gonna fuck up. Shit, I wouldn't know how to do shit. <laughs> But sometimes, sometimes they're just a little crazy, man. But I don't know, man. I think I said this in the last time. There's, there's like something freeing about being like, fuck if I know. I'm just going to do me. <laughs> was that in the Patreon episode? I think it was. 
I was like, fuck, if I have the answer, man, I'm just going to try to do what's right for me and, like, the people I'm around. Right. Like, do what's right, not for me in, like, a selfish way, but for an, in my little circle, I'm going to do what's right. That's all I can concern myself with. I can't concern myself with global warming. I can't concern right. myself with climate change. I can't concern myself with poverty in places I'm not around. Because yeah. I can't, I can't, and it's not that I don't care about those people. It's that I can't fucking do anything yeah. about it. So what I can do is like, okay, in Chico, there's a lot of poor people. There's a lot of homeless people. So I can feed them. I can do something like that. I can go serve people. Mm-hmm. I can go, I can go, you know, make something more beautiful. Do a podcast like what you and I do. Plant some trees. I Plant mean. some trees. You have, a, you have a property in one space. Turn it into a fucking shire in that one little space. Grow your own vegetables, man. Raise your own chickens. Treat them right. You don't have to buy eggs as much. Do something, man. As as long as your conscience is honestly clear. That's it. That's all you can I do. I think that's all you can ask. That's all you can do, man. That is all you can fucking do. Because if everybody did that, then obviously I, bl- I have to believe that we'd be in a better position. Totally. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, I don't see how things could possibly get worse. No. <laughs> even if everyone was conscientious about the, even if everyone did a little part, people say, oh, uh, not throwing away your plat, not, not recycling your this and that, and that's not going to make any difference. Well, yeah, on its own, it's not. But if everyone did that in the whole world, it fucking would. If no one threw out, I don't think if, if I, if everyone was like me in terms of trash, there wouldn't be a Pacific garbage patch. I'm not saying things would be perfect. I fuck up all the time. I'm just saying, like, okay, why is there a Pacific garbage patch? Well, we, I think if we we're all conscientious, we're still going to have trash, but we'll have manageable trash. Just we're, be, we're uh, still going to fuck things up, but we're, it's going right. to be manageable. But just because, like, this is how the world is not black and white or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Just because you can't do option A, the best option, doesn't mean that doing option B does nothing. Right. Yeah. Like, like Obama says, like, um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like an evangelical trying to quote the Bible, as Jesus would say. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, he said something like, better is good. I mean, the the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is just to make things better. Right. And making things better is a good thing. So, right. like, what the, like perfection is the kill uh kills excellence like mm. no you're not going to get things perfect right but don't let that paralyze you yeah there you go um there you go shoot to be excellent i mean i think it's it's much better for your blood pressure than oh god trying to be perfect all the time yeah 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 definitely because yeah. it's not i'm sorry but perfection just isn't gonna happen no and i don't even like perfection to be honest with you it's it's too clean it's too sanitary. We talk about the perfect this. The perfect, the perfect, let's say the perfect <laughs> song. What do you say? Uh, I was going to, go ahead. The perfect song is has imperfections because it's raw, because it's emotional, because it's real. And when someone's real and raw and emotional as a musician, you feel that. So it's not like overproduced. It's not on the hundredth take. It's like on that one take that you just fucking killed. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so any sort of art like that, that, oh my God, that piece that just like fucking, this it is just as says, close to perfection as it is. It's like, oh God, it's gritty and it's real and it, and it hits you in the gut. It's not like, you know. It's kind of, it, it hits you negatively perhaps. In, in a way. In a way. Yeah. It hits you but when you don't want to get hit. I would say it's all about the energy. Like mm. as long as it had some sort of impact on you. Yeah. Even if it's like a quote unquote negative impact. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a part of, that's the reason for art. It's mm. to impact you in some sort yeah. of way. Yeah. Um, fuck if per- it's just fuck kind perfection. Of, if it's just kind of like meh, I mean, that's yeah. like Christian evangelical rock music. Oh, like, God. Yeah. It might technically be perfect, but. In terms of like the song structure, it's very, it's, it's by, it's in the box. It's very da 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 da. It's regimented. Right. Like it's not, it's out of, it's perfectly in key. People sing beautifully for the most part. Like the guitarists are talent. Everyone knows what they're doing, Perf- like perfectly, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And at the end of four and a half minutes, when you've had intro, verse, chorus, verse, louder chorus, verse, maybe a little silent part, and then big chorus, and then bridge, and all that, you have that perfect formula. You're left feeling. Uh, so fuck, fuck perfection, man. I think perfection is found in imperfection. The great paradox of life. I mean, there's something, you know, like the word patina, like uh, mm. any object oh, that go. has yes. some sort of history to it. Yes. It's technically imperfect. Like, yeah, there's little rust spots here and there. Oh, that, that's beautiful. Though. But they're like beauty marks uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the crackle of a record. You yeah. Don't, you don't get that these days. In oh, fact, that's, in fact, that's in fact, you'll, right in fact, you'll, 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 you'll create digital music and you will put in the crackle of a mm-hmm. record at the start of it because you want to hit that. That's pretty damn funny. It, oh yeah. Oh, people do all the time. Listen <laughs> for it. You'll hear that. Yeah. That little crackle on the start of a song or an album, or you'll hear that needle hit down on the, on the fake record or this little, yeah, it's probably, it's a wave file that you download on your music now, unless, unless you're actually yeah. recording your record. But the point is like, you're taking that imperfection, you're putting it into things now. We don't we don't get that with quote unquote per- perfection. It's that scar that tells a story. It's like yeah, that's a good story. I like that story. I think it's what is most sustainable. Like you're never going to be perfect, so forget that. But mm-hmm. you're going to be excellent a lot of the time, and I think it's sustainable. Like you can have excellent health and still, you know, do excellent things. Like. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, like, doing one thing that's perfect, like, that might kill you right there. Yeah. Or always, yeah, it might it might kill you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to throw you off balance. And really, so I'm just being a pragmatist, like, yeah. duration isn't exactly the same as, you know, having, like, a full life. Like True. But, I mean, all things being equal, if you just assume that, you know, all your moments that are upcoming are going to be fine or excellent, I mean, joyful, I guess, then, yeah, every additional year is, you know, to the benefit. Like, As long as it's that, man. Then we get into suffering and all that kind of shit. But I don't even know how we got down this road, man. But I like I like, I like, like how we got from... Uh, I like this, where we ended up. The State of the Union to talking about <laughs> what we were no, talking right. about, man. <laughs> yeah, we started with the State of the Union. 
Then we went for 40 minutes on that shit. <laughs> we didn't even talk about what we're drinking today, man. We, we switched things up. Wait, I got a red wine, Shiraz, and you got a fucking beer, man. Tell me about that beer. I don't want to oversell it, but... Oversell it. Make me want it. <laughs> Make me beg for it. So it's from uh, Deschutes. They're the... Uh, Oregon, right? Y- yes. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a, it's an IPA. All right. Um, and you definitely, you notice the hops, um, but it has this very nice um, uh, citrus overtones, if that's the right. Afterbirth? <laughs> well, like the, the hoppiness and the citrus, they yeah. balance each other out nicely. Oh, so it turns yeah. out to be like a pretty strong but light effervescent uh, beer. Oh, all right. Well done. How's that? That smelled delicious. I, I can only smell it, and I exactly what you said was right. It sounds refreshing, but it sounds... But it's got punch to sub, it. Like, substantive. Yeah. Substantive? Sub, substance? Fuck. Substantive. <laughs> um, I can't drink it because I, I, I'm gluten-free and That's... I'm pretentious. No, I have celiac, so I'm one of the real ones, so fuck you. No. You've been tested, no? I've been tested, and yeah. I have celiac, so you can't make fun of me. Yeah. For I, I'm gluten free. No, I so, just feel sorry for you. So I can't drink that. Does that have gluten in it? <sighs> no, I'm not one of those guys. No, no you're not. Yeah. You're not virtue signal. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm the real deal, bitch. No, I mean it smelled nice. Um, I do miss it. There are some gluten free beers that that I I do fuck with. Most of them are most. Oh, shut the fuck up, dog. Um, most. God damn it. Most of them. I'm trying to talk about gluten-free beer right now, (laughs) and you're fucking ruining my podcast. Um, Most of them are, like, brewed regular, and then they somehow scientifically extract the gluten. That always makes me nervous, but I do fuck with it, and I haven't gotten sick yet, so. And some of them are okay. Some of the gluten-free beers are, like, pure shit. They're terrible. But you still feel like you're wanting, like there's. No- oh well, yeah. I mean, I would, I would like to try. Like, what I would like to do in life is like have one or two beers a week and just brand new beers, just trying all these different beers because they're tasty. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't want to drink a lot of beer just because I'm pre- I'm vain and I want to look good and I don't want to get a beer belly and drink beers every night. Yeah. So I would drink like one or two beers a week and just just to like try all. The- I mean, there's so many different flavors. It's kind of blown up. And the whole microbrew, and yeah. th- that blew up after I was diagnosed. I've been diagnosed celiac uh, 10, 10 years, and, and, and you know, the microbrews were, you know, they were there, but now it's like this whole fucking revolution. Yeah. So, I've kind of missed out on that. So, yeah, I get a little jealous about that, but... No, I, f- I feel, I yeah. feel you, like... But it's okay. I mean... And that's you know. a, that's just a very beautiful picture just <laughs> having a new beer every week like, oh yeah right it sounds like such an experience well, i mean i see all these crazy names and crazy recipes and people are just trying shit left and right <laughs> i don't know what the fuck they're doing all these breweries are open up i mean yeah they know what the fuck they're doing i'm just saying they're just trying crazy shit and seeing what sticks and they're like who can get crazier and who can make this and this and Competition can be nice. It's nice to see that competition. You get you know, all these lovely flavors that you wouldn't get 50 years ago. So that's cool. <laughs> I'm just missing out. Because <laughs> I can't have gluten. Do you know how gluten, how terrible gluten is for you? 
Do I make it worse? Like when I drink by drinking it? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. I've I forced myself to be okay with that. No, I'm not going to be jealous. I'm having a lovely glass of wine. It's nice. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm used to it. Well, at first I got a little more cranky about like I got cranky about um, uh, sourdough bread. Oh Jesus Christ! I haven't had sourdough bread in, in a decade. <laughs> and the gluten-free sourdough bread that is quote-unquote sourdough, it's like getting your dick sucked halfway to orgasm. Like, <laughs> like it was fine, but then you're pissed off at the end because it's like, what the fuck? This kind of tastes like sourdough, but it's not what I wanted. Now I just wasted my time, and I ate a bunch of shit. Now I'm full on something that was a huge disappointment. I mean, uh, that's, uh, that's my takeaway from the... Uh your analogy i mean wow you it's that it's that much of a negative experience huh like no it was at first <laughs> now i just i don't think about it anymore right. no you get used to it. i mean everyone gets a new normal of some sorts so yeah at first yeah. it was like really good pasta and i've had good pasta since they've gotten better at gluten-free really good beer uh really good sourdough that was a big one. Like a like a um a clam chowder. I know you don't like seafood. A clam chowder yeah. and a bread a sourdough bread bowl on the pier in Portland, Maine. Yeah. That's, that's, it was gluten free and you liked it? No, it wasn't gluten free. I'm saying that's the shit I miss. I'm sorry. Okay. Like you're not gonna find that gluten free. You're yeah. not gonna find like the really good shit that you have memories about that are gluten free. So you kinda miss that, but I don't know. You don't think about it much. At first, you think everything's terrible and you're going to miss out on a bunch of shit, but it's like... But, like, like, if they satisfy most of you craving for it, the reason why you crave it... Yeah. That's not nothing. No. We can wing it. I've learned to wing it. My wife's learned to wing it. She can make a good... She can make good bread. She's made good chowder. I've made some banging fucking chowder. There's, it's never the sourdough bowl that you put it in. It's never that. Or uh, pasta. I can only do so much with pasta. And I'm, I'm Sicilian, so... I grew up with pasta. And now, uh, the pastas, I'm not going to make my own pasta. Especially gluten-free. I've helped make my own. But that was when I worked, or I lived with a dude who was in culinary. Um, but you got to just buy shit, and it's like kind of sticky. <laughs> kind of weird. It's still kind of weird, even though it's better. But it's different. The beer's, the beer's decent. But I can I can drink like three types of beers that I like and are gluten free. Y'all motherfuckers got literally thousands, thousands. Sierra Nevada has a new fucking brew out every fucking goddamn week. They brew shit that people in Chico come up with. Just random motherfuckers. I I just I have faith that it's just for this lifetime. This, yeah, I mean, yeah. for show. I hope that in heaven you're not still. A celiac. In heaven, I have celiac? No, I better get some banging pasta, man. Or at least be able to cook with some good pasta. Like, if Jesus is there and chilling, like, I don't want Jesus to make me pasta. I'm like, fucking... I'm not trying to be racist, but I don't want a Jewish person making me a Sicilian pasta. Like, let me make you some pasta. You understand me? Uh, no, I... Like, some I, marinara, some fucking Parmesan. I'm going to grill some sausages, put it in there. I'm going to make some fucking cacciatore. I'm going to make some meatballs. Like, Jesus, sit the fuck down. I got you. 
<laughs> no, like there is such a thing as being a having sober judgment about your own abilities. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I know that I make better pasta than you do. So, <laughs> <laughs> do us both a favor and <laughs> sit down. Let me serve you. I got you. You can. I'll pour you some water. You make the wine. That's fine. Put make the red wine. You can turn it into whatever. I don't know what your yeah. blend was. I don't know what grapes you use. I don't know what you're supposed to pair Jesus's wine with. But if you make a red wine, I'll make you a nice marinara. Or a bolognese. I'll make you some risotto. If you want to make a white wine, Jesus. What do you think he turned it into? You think he turned it into red wine or white wine? I think I always assumed red. I always assume red. But is that because you like red? Yeah. Would a 42-year-old mother of three white woman expect a Chardonnay? Or a rosé. Would Jesus go with a rosé? <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a rosé. I'm going to make a lovely rosé. <laughs> what are they? Isn't like, uh, communion wine, isn't that usually red? Right. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Because it looks most like blood. And we are drinking the blood of Jesus, after all. Yeah, but <laughs> did like did they? <laughs> is there a reason why it's red? I, I have no fucking clue, man. I don't know. But yeah, Jesus probably make a, a nice red wine. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a nice red wine. It's lovely. I gotta Shiraz. Say, yeah. I gotta say. I mean, it's not beer. Sometimes I want beer. beer uh, wine, wine with the bonfire though at night. I like that. I like beers in the day. I like light. I actually like lighter beers because I like to drink them when I'm doing yard work. Um, I like the heavy stuff once in a while, but still like a Belgium. Uh, yeah, style. a half a Weizen during the day would be nice. Half a Weizen there, yeah, you go. yeah. At night, a once a week. Like if I drank, you know, I mean the Bigfoot from Sierra Nevada, a Guinness. I can only do that like once a week at the most. Just something heavy, like just at the end of the day. Maybe, maybe after a strenuous workout. Maybe if it's cold out. Right. You know, like right now, right now when it's. I mean, that'd be that'd be nice in Ovilla. I like those Ovia, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Guinness, a Bigfoot, something dark, something chocolatey, a stout, mm. a stout. I don't generally go for the stout. But it doesn't mean never, like most of, like, acquired tastes in life. Like, they, they tend to become your addictions in the end. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. The, yeah Coffee. The, the things that are repulsive at first. Like, beer is always repulsive to oh, people yeah. at first. Yeah. The first time you drink beer is never pleasant. The first time you drink wine is never pleasant. The first time you drink straight liquor is not pleasant. First think- time you smoke a cigarette. The first time you smoke weed. The first time you have sex, it's probably not pleasant. <laughs> or at least not the best it's ever going to be. Oh, God. If you said, oh, my God, I have a crazy sex life, and the best I ever had was the first time I fucked, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you lying about something. <laughs> you're not telling the truth about everything. Uh-uh. Well, where are we at? I have to pee. Oh, you have to pee? We're at 50 minutes, a little bit, 45, 45 to 50, in between that. You want to pee? Go pee. I got one more thing to talk about. If okay. you don't mind. No. I want to talk about slut shaming. 
because it's gonna it's gonna tie in. I swear to God, when you come back from peeing, you're gonna be like, oh, I know how that ties in. Okay, cool. I'll do it. Back. And we're back. And uh, did you have a nice uh, micturation? Did you know micturation is the uh, medical word for peeing? Micturate. No. no, honestly, that's the first time I've ever heard that. I had to pee more than I thought I did. The more you know. So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, sh- we're going to talk about shame and guilt and all that kind of shit. And the reason it ties in is because did you watch the Super Bowl? No. You didn't watch the Super Bowl? Okay, I watched a little bit. My grandpa, God re- you know, not almost God rest his soul. He's, yeah. uh, he's only got a little bit to live. So I've been hanging out with him a lot. He's a 49ers fan and poor goddamn 49ers lost. And I was so pissed at God. I was like, <laughs> my grandpa's dying. 49ers were up by 20 or 10. <clears throat> I don't give a fuck about American football really anymore. I was like, come on, 49ers, just give him one win be- while he's semi-conscious. and like, fucking, and then they lost. God damn it. Jeez. Yeah, that's a shame. I was kind of pissed. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't I don't care what the fuck happens, but 49ers just win one, just so we can see it and have a moment of like, oh, fucking yes. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. But the big story during the Super Bowl, not to get into my personal life, uh, was this halftime show. And people have lost their goddamn minds about what happened. Have you seen this shit? Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah. Oh, you, of course you've seen it, you pervert. You dirty, dirty bastard. I have strong opinions about this whole halftime show thing. So the context is J-Lo, age 50, from Puerto Rico? I think Puerto Rico. Puerto Rican heritage. And Shakira, age 40-something, uh, Colombian, did this halftime show. And they shook shit that was, it was nice. You know, it was a nice dance. They did their Latin thing. Shook the booty. They shook the booty. They got a lot of booty. It was like, yeah. we're going to do our thing. Like, we're we're not we're not ashamed of being older. Older as compared to, like, what we think of young, hot women. No, these girls were doing their thing. Doing Latin shit. Putting up symbols. Kids in cages. Making all these statements. Puerto Rican flag. Uh, showing off their body. Like, hey. You can't shame us. We're going to do our thing. Uh, uh, Shakira did some Arab thing. They're doing all this shit. They're making statements. And people have lost their mind because it was a little too scandalous. It was too scandalous and we've got to protect the children. Because there's a lot of skin and a lot of shaking. And that shit just has annoyed the fuck out of me this last week. I've been so annoyed by it. Uh, I mean, not to be dense, but, but why? Well, okay. So I understand the evangelical mind where the biggest thing that you have to avoid is sexual sins, right? I mean, that's like what's harped on as a kid. Mm-hmm. And these girls are doing their thing and like, they don't have meant much clothes on and they're shaking and it's causing you to be tempted. Like, I understand that's where people are coming from. They don't want to see that. They don't want their kids to see that because they can't handle it. Because they don't, They maybe they struggle with them themselves. Maybe they don't know, because of that, they have kids. They don't know how to talk to the kids about it. They're awkward and all this shit. And then they just, like, blame the person doing it. But I'm like, this is such a different thing. Like, it just annoys me. Because, you know what, if you're if you're having a problem with that, you can shut it off and you can do your thing. If you struggle with that, like, turn the fucking computer off. Turn the Super Bowl off for a second. You can shut that shit down. Have some self-control. It's not their job to make, to, to 
put the world in such a way where you're never tempted. It's like, it's your job to fucking, like, look away. If you are offended by it, you know what I mean? I don't That's know. what annoys me. Uh, maybe if just everybody was more aware of the situation, like, I I agree, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, that big of a deal, but just, you know, say, uh, warn people that it might, you know, offend them, like, I mean, there's, uh, being, being aware of the world that you live in, that, I think that just only adds to your wisdom, and it's something that you just might as well try to do. Uh, it'll make your life uh, easier, but... Yeah, but how far do you take that? Well, well, I mean, I don't want to, <clears throat> you know, make it into a slippery slope. I'm, I'm, just, yeah. I'm saying, like, well, that's maybe the line right there. Maybe that's... We, you warn people, and then it's on them whether or not um, they watch it or not. Well, what do you warn them about? Warn them that you might be offended, like we where they understand how they're dressed and how, you know, being culturally aware of... Yeah, but the the culture that was presented in the halftime show was a Latin culture. Right. And so if you're offended by that, it's it's your job to know where this culture is coming from. Not Not the person who said, do you have to make an announcement like, this is about to be a Latin cultural thing, and you might be offended by the fact that people are shaking their hips. Because it's not your culture. Like, isn't it your job to be not ignorant about the culture that you, of the things you're watching? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if it's coming, if it's coming from a culture that, well, these are, these are people in America that are being confronted with an outside culture coming into their culture. Well, Puerto Rico, which JLo's from, is American. It's just not a state. Like, the Latin culture is very prevalent in America and always has been. Like, it predates America. Like, we took over we took over territories that were Mexican. Right. But it was, it was an outside... <laughs> I'm not sure how shit technical I want to get. Like, where... So, where was it uh, the, the show broadcast from? It was from... Miami. Miami, so... Puerto Rican, Cuban, Dominican... Very prevalent. So that that helps, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was like, intentional. That was intentional because you're going to have two Latin women perform the show in Miami, which whites are minorities, Cuban, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Colombian, South, other South American. That's predominant. That's a big part of their culture. So mm-hmm. you're like you're at they were at the Miami Stadium and they performed this Colombian slash Puerto Rican you know, Shakira is Colombian, JLo is Puerto Rican, and it was very Latinx, however, whatever, you know, however you say that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is their, if you know anything about their culture, like, yeah, this is a very Latin-inspired cultural thing. Yeah. There's a lot of booty shaking. We, we, we in, like, European white America <laughs> see that in a in a way different way than where it comes from. We come from a Victorian colonial proper, quote unquote, mm-hmm. context where things are a certain way, a romantic, you know, the romantic era, Victorian, you know, that that period where Victorian romantic postmodern era 
colonized other places. And so these different cultures come in contact with it. So it's like, well, in a Latin context, the halftime show is whatever. In a dance context, it's whatever. In another context, it's like, well, someone's going to be, someone's always going to be offended. White people are going to be offended by that. Other people, are gonna, black people are going to be offended by things that are done that white people would not understand because they're not trying to understand that like, there's a cultural uh, gulf, like there's a chasm <laughs> between the two. I don't know, man. No, I think it, 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 when you're, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. I think that's, that's why it makes a difference to me. Like, well, are you, <laughs> are you coming from like New York and, and it's being broadcasted, you know, in a more Latin place? Mm-hmm. No, because I mean, like you said, I mean, they, they've, they've advertised where they're from, mm-hmm. what they're about, mm-hmm. and it's on you to bring it up. To, to learn that, to learn what, right. where they're coming from. But yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously the situation is different if, you know, they, if they were to do it in New York, you know, it might be more on, them to bring out what they're bring up what they're about, uh, right? Like let let's give some ex- like extreme circumstances. If Shakira and J Lo did their performance at let's say a um, a William Shakespeare festival in Ashland, Oregon, and you bought it, <laughs> let's say you were going to see Hamlet or King Lear. Or Midsummer's Night Dream in Ashland, Oregon, where they have the Shakespeare Festival, and you see Shakira and J Lo doing their thing on the stage instead of, and they do a rendition of of Romeo and Juliet. They're like this is not what I expected to see, and this is out of place, and this is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, you're right. If I go to Ashland, Oregon, to the Shakespeare Festival, and I see Hamlet performed by Shakira and J Lo. In their style, I would be like, "Well, fuck this shit. I want to be. I want to see this distinct, distinctively Shakespearean context. I want to see an outdoor play in with people in tights mm-hmm. on the fucking doing the thing, like reading the script, acting it out. I want to see the original shit. And like, it's safe to assume that you know all the performances are going to be like that. They should like- be like that. They need to be like that. <laughs> End of story. But if I go to Miami, Florida, for the Super Bowl, and I'm and I'm seeing Shakira and J Lo perform in Miami, where it's a Latin culture, it's Cuban, it's Dominican, it's Nicaraguan, it's Puerto Rican, it's all this shit. It's this like multicultural place, and they're gonna perform the halftime show. You got to think like, there's gonna be a lot of <laughs> Latinness. There's gonna be booty shaking. There's going to be skimpy. There's going to be over the top, like it's feathers. Be There's going to be glitter. It's going to be fucking huge. If it's on you, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna see some things that you're you're very Victorian uh, centered self, puritanical self is probably going to want to turn off for 15 minutes. Come on now, that's the context. Learn the context. Don't go to a Shakespeare festival and be like, I don't understand what the fuck they're saying. Well, it's just learning the life lesson that 
people from different cultures have different ideas about modesty. Like exactly, every culture values modesty, but what defines the modesty? Or what defines it? Right. Some people are modest about their violence. Some people are modest about different things. Like, like Brazilians are empty clothes is different to them than us. That's why it's called a Brazilian wax. Where because you're wearing nothing. Is a bikini like mm-hmm. you're you're exposing like that's just common culture. There's nude beaches in Europe. People don't think twice about it. It's different. You're gonna see more of the nude body than than we're accustomed to. We like our we like shit blowing up. We like violence. We like those things. We get really offended about bodies shaking. But isn't it isn't it our problem? Like if we're fun, if we're offended by something, isn't that something we have to work on? No, I mean ultimately, uh, it, yeah, it's all it's your problem. Like, yeah, if it's not causing the other person any distress, and it's causing you distress, I mean, obviously, by definition, it's your problem. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you're the one that has to deal with how irate it makes you. I don't know. Maybe that goes to back what we to what we started about. <laughs> at some point do what's right for you man if, if it's making your blood pressure go through the roof like fix that shit don't worry about the other person fixing it fix your own shit what, no, else, can you, what else can you do realize that you know these are the problems that you actually have control over in life and uh you know you can just trust that in the end your body is gonna thank you yeah gonna <laughs> thank you if it offends you turn it off it's no big deal or life is too short to like be so outraged by what other people are doing, man. Just fucking do your best to you. Like, fuck it. That's all you can do. You ready to call it a night, bro? Yeah, I'm ready to just chill. It's chill time. So I hope, uh, hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you in another two weeks. I hope you are all okay with the, uh, we're not doing weekly anymore. So every two weeks, you'll get a podcast. So that's the way it is. So we'll see you in in later in February, right? Am I doing the math correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometime later in that's February. When it'll hit. That's yeah. when it'll drop, yo. So as always, don't be a fucking cunt. I've changed it for 2020. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Same idea. Is that okay? Yeah. You think I could say cunt every episode till 2021 and not get... You could. It wouldn't mean as much. So, I'm gonna do it anyway. It depends. It depends on how much meaning you you wanna. Okay. Use. Maybe I'll use it like ten times, five times. I'm gonna use it tonight. Don't be a fucking cunt. And uh, I'll try to use it only four more times the rest of the year. It'll <laughs> be a challenge. I think that's a funny word. <laughs> but each time you say it, it'll just be that much more yeah. meaningful. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So peace out. Love everyone. Be be nice to people. That's what we're saying. Just be nice to people. Be kind. Make your own uh, make your own neighborhood a better place. Not the world. Just your neighborhood. That's all. That's all everyone needs to do. Peace out. Mm-hmm.